0: As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, joyful journeyer. Anita Adams here, your host. And today I'm pleased to introduce you to Jana Beeman, who is here to talk to us about dissolving fears and stepping into your power to create a life you love. Now, let me tell you a little more about Jana first. Jana is a wellness and business coach, a non-denominational minister and a metaphysical practitioner. She is also a serial entrepreneur starting her first business when she was just 12 years old. Currently, Jana runs three businesses, spiritualityfortoday.com, balancedlife.com, and createyourdreampractice.com. And of course, we'll put those links in the show notes for you to check them out. Jana has a love for personal and professional development. She completed her master's in interpersonal psychology and a focus on fear, or rather with a focus on fear, and is currently finishing her PhD in quantum technology. And she carries roughly 35 certifications, including one in hypnosis, NLP, and EFT. As a teacher and certified master coach trainer, Jana helps people find their voice, hone their skills, and become a force for change in the world. And Jana was introduced to me by a mutual colleague who thought we should connect, given that we are both currently living in Portugal. And when Jana shared her story about moving to Portugal and how listening to her inner wisdom has guided much of her life's journey, I realized she needed to be on this show. So thank you, Jana, for accepting my invitation and joining us today. Welcome. Welcome.
1: And uh, this is my cat, Ms. Marr, who also made the journey with me, so he's wow. a well-traveled boy.
0: <laughs> I love that Ms. Marr has shown up on camera with us. What a cuddle buddy.
1: <laughs> he has his moment. Usually, he's <laughs> just bossing me around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, I've heard when animals show up on on screen on in interviews that they're picking up some kind of energy and they, they are drawn to that energy. Is that it, What's your thought on that? Is that true?
1: You know, from from the time he was a tiny kitten, and he's 17 years old now, from the time he was a tiny kitten, every time I've done any kind of video broadcast or was teaching a class or something, he'd walk on the couch behind me, he'd end up on the chair in front of me, the tail would go in front of me, and, you know, so he so great. pretty hey. much, he, he, he's the camera
0: hog. The camera hog. He's a beautiful creature, a too. Yeah, very camera hog. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, before we jump into today's theme, I wanted to know, I need to know, what kind of business <laughs> did you start when you were 12 years old?
1: Well, I moved out of my house when I was 12. And so I wow. needed to find a way to have a place to stay and not end up on the street. So I started a live-in babysitting service. And so I went to basically all-night diners and looked for working moms who were on the night shift and just kind of volunteered to uh, babysit um, their kids in exchange for room and board. Wow. (laughs) That's quite impressive. How long did you do that for? Um... About three years off and on. um, I had some different situations in and around that, but yeah, uh, mostly three years. I had uh, one kid who I was with for at least a year and a half, so...
0: Basically, uh, you set yourself up as a nanny um, yes. and then marketed yourself by going after the the, the moms that were working. It's very, very <laughs> cool, very, very clever. <laughs> I love that. And to start so young, 12 years old. That's uh, you Well, you know, and stories. I wanted to
1: stay in school and I was oh. a musician, so I wanted to be able to, you know, do my music stuff. And so if I was babysitting, I would just take the kids with me. And I just, you know, that's what I did. So wow. for a long time, I was hauling this little tiny blonde girl around with me. And I was, I think, in ninth grade at that time. It was probably my last year of high school because I graduated two years early. But um, it, And some of the teenage guys who were not always necessarily too bright. Is that your daughter? <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> I'm... 14, 15, whatever I was now. So, and she's five. No, I don't think so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Very cool. What so innovative for you. If there's a, if there's a will, there's a way you needed to Mm -hmm. find a way to make money and Wanted to continue your education, which you have done in spades, like your, your Yay. ongoing, um, education. Clearly you have a passion for your, um, personal growth and, um, to expand yourself. I think which is just fantastic. Now, why, why did you decide to focus or choose fear as your focus for your masters in interpersonal psychology?
1: I was teaching for an international wellness school at the time. Um, I'm still on their faculty that I was doing active classes right then and the one thing that I saw is almost every coach that I was training had all this fear around you know stepping out into the limelight and having to be the face of their business and all of this self sabotage and you know, fear is at the base of everything, and I've struggled with it my entire life. I had agoraphobia, and I still have some vestiges of it, but um, not as bad as I did, But which makes it hilarious that I moved across the planet to Portugal, but by myself, <laughs> with a cat. Um, but... The fear is just the thing that stops people and fear is just an energy. It's not a real life thing. It actually isn't a block. It's the perception of it that becomes the block. So it's the way people react to fear that stops them. And fear is the thing that stops so many people from doing so many things. And I've kind of made a life out of not doing that, even though the fear is there, you know, um, I wanted to be a professional dancer. Somebody said, "Oh, you can't do that. You have the wrong body type." Blah 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 blah. And you know, I could have just said, "Oh, okay," and crawled back in my cave. But I just turned around and said, "Watch me!" And I made a different kind of dance career and was able to perform for thirty-five years. So That's really
0: inspiring. So is it a matter of changing the stories that you're telling yourself in in your head? Or
1: what what is the secret to not having fear stop you? I think it's just recognizing that the energy that we identify as fear is the same energy as excitement, as passion, Mm -hmm. as anything else. It's all energy. Mm-hmm. and so if you have a moment where you feel that shock of fear and you say oh my god i'm scared then you're then you're deciding how you're going to react to that shock but like a different person with that same shock might say ooh i'm so excited i'm going to go jump off this cliff now you know or <laughs> a gliding or whatever right? right so it's the way that we interpret it that yeah really determines how we react to it. So fears is, you know, it's just an energy. So for me with, you know, being on stage for 20 million years and doing all of that thing, there's always that shock of energy before you go out on stage. I mean, Mm -hmm. even after 35 years, it happens every time. And it can either be the thing that throws you and really throws off your performance Or it can be the thing that energizes you and just says, let's go. Let's go do that. Let's do this. You know, so you can just react to it differently. Yeah. I feel like that sounds more simple than it actually is. Um. Well, it takes (laughs) some practice to get to that point. It's just a matter of just saying, ooh, what is that feeling? I normally would say that's fear, but could it be that I'm on the edge of something really awesome? I like that. Right. One of my little quotes that I would say my students all the time is, you know, when you feel the fear, throw a party because greatness lies on the other side. It's when we take that shock of energy and use it to motivate us instead of derail us, then we get to something that's bigger because it will nearly always come up when we're about to take a step that's going to allow us to grow. That is such a great saying. Let's hear Let's hear it again. When you
0: feel the fear, throw a throw party, a party. <laughs> yeah, because greatness lies on the other side, because greatness lies on the other side. Awesome. Um, is there a process that can help us move into the fear? So if you feel the fear, you you acknowledge the fear, and then you say, fear, this is energy. This is energy. And now I need to step forward because greatness is potentially on the other side. Is that, is that
1: it? <laughs> Just... Basically, you know, okay. um, you know, whenever I'm making a decision, if I don't feel that little twinge of fear, I know it's probably not a big enough step.
0: That's an interesting way to measure things. If I don't
1: feel that twinge
0: of fear, it's not a big enough step. That's really interesting. So because uh,
1: I mean, most of us we retract from that feeling of fear, but when yeah. you go looking for it, that's when you grow. When you go looking for it,
0: ooh, yes, that's um, that's kind of revolutionary—the idea of going to look for the fear that will help you grow. Very mm-hmm. interesting. So um, your decision to move to Portugal—I'm uh, assuming there was there was must have been fear associated with that.
1: Well, yeah, because doing it on my own and you know, I was living in a house where I'd been for fifteen years that I had bought with my husband and and uh, you know, he was gone and I was really kind of just struggling to keep the house and you know, I was looking at, well, you know, I can work a hundred hours a week and pay all my bills and be able to stay in this house or, you know, because I'm kind of wanting to retire and and or at least partially and so I looked at, maybe I need to do something different. So I looked at, eh, maybe I should move to Arizona, like everybody says, mm-hmm. you know, or Florida or something like that. But every place I looked at just didn't feel like it was a fit for me. And right around that time, I decided to take a trip to Italy. I actually just wanted to go on a cruise. Uh, one of my business coaching clients was a um, is a travel agent. <laughs> she talked me into doing the cruise out of Rome. And so that was kind of funny. And so that was my first trip abroad by myself in, well, mm-hmm. in a long time. And uh, so th- that was kind of entertaining. But it really helped me see that I could easily live mm-hmm. in Europe on my own. Right. And I've always been a fan of language and culture. And so it started me thinking, well, maybe that's some place I need to look. It's a very different culture than what we have in the u s, and a lot of the u s stuff is part of what was kind of motivating me to want to go as well. so interesting.
0: I know when we spoke before you 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 talked about uh, how you tuned in and listened to your inner wisdom. I don't know if you use that term inner wisdom. I think inner guidance is the term that is that the way you refer to it, inner
1: guidance? Yeah, to- I'm am I'm a chronic meditator. Okay. And chronic so meditator. I I really do look inward for just about everything. Um yeah. I, and most of the choices I've made in my life have been based on just that that inner nudge. And so when I was when I was really thinking about, okay, so what do I want? and i started to really classify what i wanted not in what it would look like but how it would feel mm. i want to be part of a community i want to feel safe and supported i want to feel like i don't have to worry about money anymore i want to feel about this and this and this and i started really thinking about what do i want to be surrounded with i want to be surrounded with nature but i want to be close to people i want to have community And I want to have peace. I want to have space to be creative and I want to have space to be by myself. And so in really getting deep into what I wanted, Mm. I allowed the manifestation of all that to come to pass. And so here it is two years after sitting down and really starting to think about all this stuff. And I've been in Portugal for a year now. You know, I have a big house that I could do retreats at if I want to. And I enjoy being in by myself when I'm here by myself. I have a little animal family that sort of came with the house. That's hilarious. Um, I watched a baby lamb be born the other morning. Wow. uh, Now there are four little lambs right in my vicinity here. And I'm on the edge of a forest that goes on for at least a hundred miles. So, um, but I'm also in a little, little Quinta or a little aldea. So I have a village and I'm very close to town so I can go into town and be more social. So pretty much everything that I wanted, I was able to manifest for myself and I get to live mortgage free. And if I want to work, I can work. And if I don't want to work, I don't have to work. That's fabulous. So the the secret there
0: is to really focus on the f- the feeling of what it is that you want, not necessarily
1: listing what you want, but the feelings first. I how think you want what it. We tend to do is people when we're thinking about what do I want, we think about what is it going to look like. Well, I want a house that's like this, and I want I want this car, and I want this kind of thing. And when you get caught up in the in the what, then then you get stuck on the how. So if you just kind of go into the how does it feel? Mm-hmm. How does it feel? How do I want to experience life? What energy do I want to be in? And, you know, for me, I just wanted to be in peace and creativity and community. And I did think a little bit about what do I want my house to look like? Because I was looking at houses online at the time and kind of thought, ooh, I want a rooftop deck. Ooh, I want this and ooh, I want that. And it was really interesting because I didn't get a house with a rooftop deck. But I got a house with a deck that looks like a helipad. It's hilarious. And it's <laughs> extended out over the cliff. And so you can stand out on the out on this deck and it's like you're looking over the top of the world. And that's so much better than a rooftop deck. <laughs> so um it's it's interesting how the little things that I thought oh well I'll never get that if I do this or I, oh, I'll have to give up on that it, it, they just sort of morphed and became something that was in existence that matched everything else so it, it's pretty sure. funny the way it worked out
0: yeah it sounds, uh, sounds amazing I, I'm hoping that uh, I can come for a visit now that we're, we're in the same country <laughs> I can check out your pad sometime <laughs>
1: So when absolutely, you... I have a great guest room.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, we could say the night. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, it sounds amazing. I, I love uh, everything that you're talking about. And uh, so just you know, to bring, it, bring it back to the the fear piece. What what? First off, did you experience any fear with this this? plan to move to Portugal or were you so um, tuned into the guidance and the whispers of your soul that, that this was right, that there was, there wasn't that fear.
1: <laughs> yes to both. Okay. <laughs> um, there, there were times when I felt very relaxed and very Zen and, mm. Oh, it is all unfolding the way it's meant to unfold. And then most of the fear I experienced, honestly, was around my animals because mm. You know, moving pets across the ocean is not always easy. Mm. And there were so many things that conspired to make that really stressful for me. And in some ways, I think maybe that was good because it kept me occupied so that I could just go through the move and not worry about anything else. But on the other side of it, I did lose one of my cats. Mm. So, you know, that That's she, hard. she was uh, Mars' twin sister and she didn't make it we mm. were maybe in portugal 3 weeks when i had to take her to the vet and mm. by overnight i had to put her down so oh, i'm sorry to hear that that's hard he's he's still struggling with that which is why he gets so clingy sometimes he's sitting over there staring at me now <laughs> oh yeah
0: yeah I, well and thanks for for sharing that and and the the reality is that fear is going to seep in from time to time no matter how much we believe in the guidance of our our, our inner wisdom right and i think i perhaps i needed to hear that cuz i'm often I feel so convicted with the direction I'm, I'm on and, and guided. And, and it's like, yeah, this is it. And then, and then (laughs) there's those Mm -hmm. days where you're like, oh my God, what have I done? What am I doing? And the Mm -hmm. fear really creeps in. Um, Any, any recommendations on how to move through that? Is that just, you just acknowledge it and move on? Or do you have ways of dealing with your fear when it comes up
1: like that? Um you know I think honestly for me I've gotten to a point where it's just like oh yeah fear huh, cool okay and and that's about <laughs> as far as I have to go um I just focus on bringing my energy out of my head and back into my body um okay. so taking a deep breath feeling rooted and grounded yeah. and um because I'm a silver life master I can take about three deep breaths and just get all the way down into the seat of my of my grounded self, and mm. um, that's really comfortable for me. Um, but mm. I think just reconnecting with the body is super helpful because we get up here and we spin, right? Yeah, and the more we're spinning up here, the less we're breathing and our, our body is getting stressed yeah. out. But if you can take a deep breath and just get into like the root chakra and just mm-hmm. really ground yourself down, and that allows the, the the spinning in the brain to stop. To so slow um, down, yeah, yeah. My, mm-hmm. uh,
0: I so I mentioned to you earlier um, before we got on the call that um, I used to every day go for a walk in nature, and that was my way of grounding. Mm-hmm. And we've been here in Portugal yeah. now for uh, almost a month, and I've just found my nature path. And I've realized the I've always known, but I've been reminded of the value of that time for me, just to step away from the the craziness that's going on in my head, and being in nature helps me to to push those uh, that to settle down the the, the noise that's happening in my head. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad I found, I'm not, I'm not a great meditator. I do meditate, but it's, it's hard for me to sit still. Uh, So getting out for a walk really helps.
1: One of the best meditations ever is walking meditation, Hmm. where you just allow yourself to focus on your surroundings and breath. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: sorry, I always have cat fur on my face. It's like, okay, um, it always happens, um, and, and just really use your walk to ground yourself, because a lot of us are not good at sitting still and meditating. I can do both, but um I walk a lot on the the treadmill because i'm I'm doing physical therapy for a couple of ankle fractures that are not healed properly, and so when I'm on the treadmill. I can just hold on, close my eyes and really go deep into meditation. And that really works well for me because I can take my half an hour or an hour of movement and use it to calm my mind. And I honestly, for probably about 20 years now, I have none of the monkey mind that most people experience pretty much all the time. Mm. I swear. I had like an entire family of squirrels up there for the first half of my life. And, uh, but being able to meditate on a daily basis, it just goes away.
0: Yeah, yes. awesome. I, I thank you for uh, validating that. Um, the walk is a a, a, a great form of um, meditation. I've I've long believed that as well. And it's uh, you do what works for you, right? And for
1: me, mm-hmm. walking. There are what, many know, different is. kinds of meditation. Yeah. And, There's things that I do that um, like gibberish meditation. If I'm really anxious about something, if something coming up is just like a huge jump out of my comfort zone, gibberish meditation is a great way to blow off all that steam. And you just like jump up and down and make any noise you can imagine. You just act like a total maniac. And, you know, just a minute or two of that. And it like takes all of that out of your body and just lets it go and you know so that's super helpful when when you need to get that frenetic energy out um
0: i, I imagine that could help you with um fear as well like if you're um, mm-hmm. for instance maybe that fear performance going out on stage or whatever just doing that crazy um what you call it gibberish
1: meditation yeah the, the gibberish. gibberish meditation and and i've used it when when i first started doing video because performing, I was really comfortable doing because as a dancer, you kind of, you have this energy and it goes out there and does whatever it does. When I started doing, um, like health coaching and business coaching and I was doing videos, that was a very different can of worms. Mm. And, And I'd already been doing dance videos and yoga videos and all of that. So it's not that I hadn't been on video, but doing it as a person just talking about something I have in my brain that I can help people understand, that was a very different energy from being a performer. And my, my first videos probably took me 40 or 50 takes to get one that I didn't hate. And uh, doing the gibberish meditation um, really helped with that. It, it always feels completely stupid. And so you just have to be okay with feeling completely stupid, but um, <laughs> but you're by you yourself, know. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like nobody can hear me, nobody can see me. I'm just going to do yeah. this. It's going to feel really stupid. But as soon as you start, it feels really, really good. Yeah. And the bigger you go with it, the more of that excess energy you can just fling out and get out of your way. And that <laughs> it has been super helpful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> be as a speaker i would be i mean so fast and trying to cram so much information and of course people can't take it in when you're talking so fast i have one migraine audio that was like an hour-long audio and i think i tried to get my whole migraine program that took me 50 years to develop crammed into this one hour audio it was horrible (laughs) just horrible
0: Oh, that's great. Um, so on your website, I, I checked out spirituality, well, I checked out all of your websites. Um, you have some great stuff that you're doing, by the way, and I highly recommend um, listeners to check out those uh, three websites. Again, I'll put them in the show notes. Um, I liked a lot of the stuff you were talking about on spirituality for today, really resonated mm-hmm. with some of the ways I think about um, the world and you know, the inner knowings that you talk about. Um, very in line with my own my own beliefs. You also talk about that practical, and that was the term, practical spirituality. And it's the first time I've I've actually heard that term, practical spirituality. Um, yeah. And again, I I think on your website you define it as the art of using inner knowing to guide your your daily decisions. You mm-hmm. also um, talk about how practical spirituality is the science of using spiritual tools to manage your personal and environmental energy, and that yeah. those tools then can help you resolve fears, blocks, old patterns that keep you stuck so the um the gibberish meditation that you just shared with that with us is that would you call
1: that a spiritual tool? Uh, absolutely okay. absolutely. The things that you use to manage your energy, the things that you use to help you get clarity, the things that you use to help you make decisions, the things that you use to help you grow as a person and become more of who you want to be in the world, you know, the things that help you make a bigger impact, the things that help you decide what the impact is you want to make. Those are all tools that they're available for anybody to use. There, there's millions of them out there. Some of them are garbage. Some of them are are gold. And <laughs> you know, I've tried a little bit of everything. And okay, I've tried a lot of everything. I'm sort of a compulsive <laughs> process trier. And uh, you know, and so for me, being able to find the ones that work, um, that's kind of the process of, of like spiritual technologies, like having having those tools in your toolbox that you can go to when you when you need that guidance when you need that anchoring when you need that grounding when you need the ability to walk past your fear and get to the other side yeah so a lot and, of tools in that toolbox
0: <laughs> yeah and i and i like that you said that there's so many different types of tools and it's a matter of finding the tools that work for you so mm-hmm. the tools that may work for me are potentially going to be quite different than the tools that work for you.
1: Yeah. And I've been looking for a lifetime. So uh, when I was just a teenager, I already had horrible chronic migraines and I tried biofeedback and that helped a little bit, but it kind of got me onto meditation. So I started meditating regularly as as a daily practice before I was 16 and I have meditated my entire life. And then I found hypnosis and I decided, well, I'm going to become a practitioner because that will help me know it well enough to use it for myself. Mm -hmm. And then I found the Silva back then. It was called Silva mind control. Now it's the Mm -hmm. Silva life process. And I actually took um, several intensive weekends with Jose Silva personally. And those things helped Mm -hmm. me get some control over how I perceived the pain I was living in. And you know, so there are a lot of different tools. NLP is a tool. Um, EFT tapping is a tool, and um, tapping is a tool that I think works for a lot of things exceptionally well. and yeah, uh, you know, there's just there's so many tools, right. and if you kind of just keep looking for what works, and I kind of blend the psychological side of life with the spiritual practical side of life, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, you can't really separate the spirit from the body. No, I agree. Philosophers have <laughs> been trying to do that for a thousand years, but you know, we're in this body, the spirit lives in it. So we need to really maintain both. And so a lot of the tools I use are maybe considered more psychological mm-hmm. and that's fine because you can use them with a spiritual intent and it's the intention that makes them work or not work for you. Yeah.
0: Do you have um, a, a set of, of tools that you call on the most to recommend to your clients that um, are, are going through changes or trying to deal with
1: um, uh, disabilitating fear? Um, yes, I, I use a lot of hypnosis tools with my fear based clients. Um, Because fear is just energy and being Mm -hmm. able to reframe it makes Mm -hmm. change possible. I had a client who was terrified of flying. And um, her company moved her from Boston over to Italy. And so she, she was coming to me for something entirely different. And she happened to mention that. And I said, do you want to work on that a little bit? We can spend a couple of sessions and, and see if we can get you some tools in place that you can use. So I gave her some post-hypnotic suggestions. I gave her some uh, fear maintenance tools. And she was able to fly to mm-hmm. Italy and then come back to visit her parents at Christmas. And... She just said, you know, that was the first time ever that I've been to an airport and I didn't have a panic attack. I didn't even feel Mm -hmm. scared. I didn't have to drug myself on the plane. I was able to just stay conscious and enjoy the trip. And she goes, and and I did. So Mm -hmm. there are a lot of tools that can make a massive difference. And then I also work with like energy work and there are energy work tools that will help you kind of manage different things but they they don't work for everything all the time they kind of work when they work and uh, is jenna is there
0: is there one one tool that um you can recommend that listeners can do on their own without having to um hire a practitioner to help them through um transitions or, or or to move through fear that is stopping them
1: You know, one thing that I do like, and this is something that I have recommended to my students and my clients over the years, um, Dobbin.com, they offer a series of really nice um, channeled meditations. I don't know how I feel about channeling. Honestly, I don't really understand where they think it's coming from and all that. Um, That's just, that's not my thing. And I finally decided that I don't care because I really like the audios so much. And I probably own 50% of the ones they've ever put out. Um, They're like $7 a piece and you can download them on their website. And um, there are some wonderful ones like for courage and consistency. There's ones for money there and money. Oh, money is one of my favorite things to work on fear around that. That's one of my favorite things. I used to do a workshop for the school um, on uh, how to bust through money blocks.
0: Let's talk about that a little bit, because I know that's a big one. And I know that uh, I've had issues with, uh, with that. So I'm curious what uh, your, your key takeaways on how to, how to deal with money blocks. Or is that too big of a topic? To...
1: Um, it's a pretty big topic, mm-hmm. but there's a way to look at money that I think can shift things for people. Is The way I look at money, it, it's energy it it is a form of transferring abundance right mm. it's it's a way that we can pass abundance from ourselves to someone else or from them to us and so money is really an energy so if we let go of worrying about the physical form of it the dollar bills the euros whatever then we can just see money as an energy, and energy cannot be created or destroyed. There is always an infinite amount of it, and all it can do is change form. So the energy of money is like a river, and all we really have to do is wade into it and dip our hands into it and scoop out as much as we need. Mm-hmm. It it may take a moment or two to start manifesting into the bank account, and you have to take some actions to open a door to let that happen. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna wish for money and it's gonna rain from the sky. It's not the way manifestation works. You have to, you have to take some steps. You have to plant some seeds, you have to open some doors. Um as a religious science practitioner, we used to say, treat and then move your feet. So you would do a, a, a mental uh treatment for whatever thing you were trying to manifest. And then you would take some action to make that happen. So it's not like you have to go and force it. Forcing it usually makes money go away. So, um, but opening some doors. It's like if you're standing there going, I have no money and you're not working, then maybe you go apply for some jobs. You may not get any of the jobs, but it opens an energetic door. So nothing can flow in if the door is shut
0: got to be an action. So you have
1: to open some doors. Mm -hmm. Right. Awesome. And so if you're really looking at money as a flow of energy, and if you think about water, water gets everywhere. (laughs) Water can come in. Believe me, I've been dealing with a leaky roof since I moved into my house here. And water is sneaky. It can find its way in any place. Money is like that too. So (laughs) if you really think of money like a flow of energy like a river, Then just scooping that energy into your life and letting it trickle in from any of those weird places it can manifest from, you know, I've walked down the street and found $100 bills and it's happened to me multiple, multiple times. It's not like it was just one time or, you know, back in college, if I was really desperate for money because I needed textbooks, uh, somebody would come into the restaurant where I worked graveyard shift and they'd leave me like a $300 tip. And all of a sudden, all my textbooks were covered. So it it happened over and over and over and over and over again for me. Mm. And I know that I'm not just a person who does super well at manifesting. It can happen Mm. for anybody that is willing to scoop into that energy and then just trust that it's going to show up. But you have to open the doors so that it has a place to come in through.
0: Yeah. I know the times in my life when I've been in that flow, things have just materialized yep. out of seemingly nowhere. And you're like, how did that happen? And you're just like, well, just thank, be thankful and be in gratitude and, and carry on with that energy. I love that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. I, I really like this concept of
1: fear is energy. Money is energy. and Everything yeah. is energy. Everything I mean, we're energy. energy. If you think about it, yeah. we are just energy that has taken a denser form than the air around us, but it's all the same energy. You know, Mm. I, I look at, you know, the hills that are spread out in front of me and the cats and the birds and the sheep, and it's all energy. And, and that Mm. to me is just so magical. Yeah, it is magical,
0: isn't it? And, and when you can be in awe about that magic around you, I think that's when you can allow the energy to flow more easily too. That's that's part of, Part of maybe lifting the blocks is seeing the magic and, and being in
1: awe. And one other piece that occurred to me as you were saying that, one of the key pieces is to look at the things that, that are spread out around you and see the the divine energy in them and then see that you are no different from that. Because yeah. we tend to separate self from other but it's all the same energy. We're made out of the same energy. There's a little black cat walking towards me outside. And that little black cat has the same energy that is in every single one of my cells. I can feel it. Like if I wanted to tell the little black cat to stop, (laughs) he just did. So, um, because the energy is exactly the same, and we resonate with each other, and we're all connected, and because we're all made of the same stuff, but we so, have this feeling of separation, and yeah. that feeling of separation is what blocks you from the flow of, of financial abundance and and that whole spiritual energy flow.
0: That's really interesting. So you said something. Uh, you stop and you feel the energy of the cat. So that was the the first thing that you, you're kind of connecting, trying to trying to find that energetic connection first. Mm-hmm. And you you feel that, and mm-hmm. then and then you can basically almost like communicate with that with the animal.
1: Mm-hmm. It's um, you know for for me it's animals. For other people it might be something different. But for me anything in nature I feel like you know, when, when the wind blows, I can hear it. Um, I know what it's telling me and I know where it's been and what, what, what adventures it's had. And, and, um, you know, everybody has different sensitivities and mine happens to be nature. So.
0: Yeah. Mine too. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. I love this. Uh, thank you so much, Jana, for, your insights, your wisdoms for sharing your, yourself with us and, uh, offering your, uh, some tools for us to, to think about, uh, I'll add that, um, that resource that you mentioned, what was the name again? And I'll put it in the show notes.
1: It's dot com. It's dot ncom Okay. Awesome.
0: We'll put that as a resource in the show notes. And, of course, we'll put the links to your various websites. Um, thank you. Do you have uh, any final words that you want to share? Anything um, that's popping up that uh, you feel wasn't asked or said that should be said around fear or around energy? Mm, Can
1: cover it. But the one thing that's coming up is just i know a lot of people are curious about those of us who have made the jump over to portugal and you know or europe or asia or anywhere else and um a lot of people are like oh maybe i should do that too you know it's cheaper oh it's this oh it's that mm. and um you know as you and I've talked about a little bit, it is not all you know unicorns and rainbows. It is not necessarily an easy thing, and it's definitely not for everybody um but if anyone is interested in talking about that i'm I am very, very clear on what the challenges were for me and what I've seen yeah. other people go through, and um I'm happy to, you know, hop on Zoom and have a conversation about it and help help anyone sort it out, um, because I do think it's it's a it's a big jump to take. Um, I did it by myself because I knew I could, Mm -hmm. and you know, it's I just yesterday completed my first year in Portugal, so um, that's awesome. And I understand that anniversary.
0: Yeah, congratulations. I understand, and it may have been you that shared this with me, that there's something like half of the people that um, move to a foreign country with the intent to make that their life, that they turn around within a year and say that's it. I'm heading back. Was that you that shared that with me?
1: I I know that I have experienced a lot of people leaving after they've been here even a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what the number is. So you may have gotten that from someplace else. Um, but I do know that, you know, all the magazines and news shows and, Programs that are pushing oh try living someplace else. They don't talk about the downsides of it They don't talk about the bureaucracy. They don't talk about the Mm -hmm. difficulty with the language They don't talk about the fact that you might feel super isolated or Mm -hmm. that things Things are not going to be like they are in the u.s. And i'm okay with that But a lot of people don't understand what that really means and they're not okay with it when they actually experience it so It's it's not for everybody. And Mm. I always highly recommend doing an an extended scouting trip for three, six months if you can and and just try it, you know, dip a toe in before you jump in. I wasn't able to do that. I came here for three weeks um, just to see if I thought I could do it. And when I was on the plane back home, I was still kind of like, in. Hmm. Is is this my home? I didn't get that resounding yes that I actually really expected to have. Mm-hmm. And instead, I was like, well, it was sort of, yeah, it was more like this and this and this. And then I realized what I was doing was, could I do this for the next 40 years? <laughs> hmm. And that's a whole lot of stress to put on a three-week scouting trip. And so I really thought about it and said, can I do it for five years? And there I got my resounding yes. Oh,
0: and now that
1: I've been here a year, I mean, I know I can do this for 40 years. And if for some reason at some point in time I don't feel comfortable here, then I probably will move to Italy. And that's okay because it's easy to do that when you're in the EU. But it's a big oh, 10 times well, more like 100 times more expensive than I expected it to be The the hoops you have to jump through are yeah. kind of amazing. <laughs> and yeah. I did move all my things cause I have unusual things and I didn't want to have to replace them. And, you know, I don't have any people. So having my things makes me feel comfy. Yeah. And so, hmm. and you know, cat. <laughs> and the cat. Jenna, I want to go back
0: actually to one more thing that you, that just brought up that, that um, is worth Talking a little bit more about, you said when you were expecting that resounding yes, uh, when Mm -hmm. you were looking inward for the answer and you didn't get it. And so you changed the question. Yes. And, And I think that that's worth... I think that's worth presencing because, you know, sometimes we I know myself I keep asking the same question often I'm just like, where is the freaking answer? I need an answer. Mm-hmm. And maybe if I just shift the question a little bit, mm-hmm. that will help you find the answers that you're you're looking for. Um and I just wanted to presence that. I thought that was a, that's a, a another tool, isn't it? It's another way it of is. accessing
1: information. And mm-hmm. um, yeah we have a tendency as humans to be all or nothing in our thinking. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, I, all of a sudden, as I'm sitting on the flight home and I think I was just still flying over Lisbon and looking down and going, could this be my home? And I, you know, could I live here for the rest of my life? And, you know, at that point I was 61, I guess, you know, so I, have a long life left. I know how long I have. And, and so, you know, looking at that going, oh, that's a whole lot of pressure, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. so then it's like, well, what if I release the pressure, you know? So it's like, could I do it for one year? Yes. Could I do it for five years? Yes. Could I do it for 10 years? I think so. You know, I didn't have that much information then. I had barely touched on a few towns that, I thought, okay, well, I don't want to live on the beach because the morning fog was really depressing in the middle of summer. So, okay. So then where would I live? And, you know, and I had done a lot of research before I came. And so I stayed in one town and just did scouting day trips from there. And, um, I found the ideal place for me. And, uh, Totally happy and totally content and, you know, not completely settled into my town yet because a lot of things happened that I hadn't anticipated and Mm -hmm. um, things did not go as smoothly as I had hoped they would, but I survived Mm -hmm. them and it was fine and everything's good now. You know, despite my house and its leaky roof, you know, (laughs)
0: there's always something.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's never going to be perfect, and if you expect perfect, that's not going to be the thing you're going to get. And and the thing is, my house is perfect for me. So fixing the roof, perfect for you right now. Little things, yeah. Yeah. It's like okay, I knew I would have to do a few little things, and so Mm. that doesn't scare me. So. You know when we
0: we moved here uh, to Portugal. Um We left a oceanfront property um, with the forest in my backyard, and it was so magical, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to a big city. You know, we went from 5,000 people to 1.3 million people. And our son came with us, which Mm -hmm. it was after three years of him living on his own. He moved back in with us, but in Portugal, Mm -hmm. in Portugal. And this place... Is so perfect for him. Like it's just it's so perfect for him, which makes it so perfect for for us. And I feel like in many ways that's that's the the gift is having mm-hmm. this this space with with him. And I've come to really like where, where we're living. But there was mm-hmm. there was a time where I'm like, ah, what have I done? <laughs> what have I given up? And uh, and now I'm like, yeah, this is perfect. It
1: took a little, well, took a little bit though. It took a little it, and it's what happens. Right. And and for me, I was getting crowded out of where I was living because I lived on the forest and I have raccoons that climb to my second story deck every night. And the mamas would bring their babies up so that the, the coyotes in the area couldn't get them. And, you know, I had made a, a whole sanctuary for animals out of out of my backyard And I was devastated at the thought of having to leave that. But then the property on the other side of the creek from me, that was a horse ranch, they sold it. And they were building 80 homes in this property. And I knew that I would not survive that and be happy. And I was paying a massive mortgage and and. You know, then I found out a property on the other side had sold and they were doing high density housing. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't Mm want to be here anymore. And then there was crime coming into my area because I was very close to Portland, Oregon, where a lot of the demonstrations were happening during COVID Mm -hmm. and Black Lives Matter. And all these people are getting amped up and deciding that they just they had the right to take from people who had stuff. And, you know, they, they don't know what I've lost to have the stuff that I have, mm-hmm. but, you know, cause my husband passed. And so I was dealing with all this stuff on my own. And yeah. so, but, you know, and I wasn't sleeping cause it was a three story house. I get up and walk the whole house 10 times a night and, uh, you know. So I got crowded out of where mm. I was and I thought I would really miss my wildlife and I do but I don't grieve for them the way that I thought it would. And and it sounds I got, like
0: you, you found something else too that mm-hmm. um is feeling that filling that need for connecting mm-hmm. with uh with the animals and mm-hmm. it's really beautiful. Yeah,
1: it's my wonderful. house came with cats and <laughs> sheep. Now the sheep I don't own but right. they are in my property every single day, like, you know, yeah. mowing the grass and doing sheepy <laughs> things and I feed them my leftover, you know, veggie ends yeah. and stuff, and they're very bossy, very bossy sheep. Awesome. Yeah.
0: It sounds perfect, Jana. And I and I get the the work that's involved, taking the the various steps. There's so many different steps that you have to take to create that kind of life. Um, and a big part of it is is moving through the fear, which we we talked about a lot. Thank you so much for your insights there. And I imagine there was a lot of different fear that you felt, you know, letting go of, of a lot of stuff um, back home and the comfort back home, and but then recognizing that this is an opportunity to grow and create and and find a space that really um, f- fills all those uh, desires and those the feelings piece of it that you talked about so beautifully i thought it was really great so thank you again really appreciate your insights and um joyful journeyer thank you for tuning in and listening to our show today as i've mentioned i will add all the links and the rec- the resource that janna has offered for you to look into a little bit more and with that joyful journeyer have an awesome day and we'll catch you next time bye for now Thank you for joining me on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking. And you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.